this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampat of late there has been a lot of buzz around what's known as the account aggregator ecosystem or framework it's a form of open banking that has emerged with the blessings of the rbi and according to analysts it could transform the financial services industry by making it easy for consumers to give their consent to sharing their personal financial data with different service providers although it's still early days there are about 10 account aggregators in operation with an estimated 7.7 million citizen accounts already linked with the various account aggregators so how do account aggregators work who will benefit the most from this new ecosystem what are the concerns about privacy and fraud in this context in part 1 of this two part podcast we look at what account aggregators are what led to their emergence and how they work we have with us harsh rungta the principal officer of fee only investment advisors and a member of the governing council of sahmati a non-profit that promotes the account aggregator ecosystem in india and we are also joined by srikant lakshmanan of cashless consumer a consumer collective that works on fintech harsh srikant thank you so much for joining us real pleasure thanks for inviting sampath so uh, to start with let's get uh, with some kind of a uh, little bit of explanation demystification of this account aggregator framework what is it exactly and what was the felt need for something like this would you want to go first harsh with this sure thank you so uh, basically i think the entire account aggregator framework is at, at it puts the citizen at the heart at the center today the data that is belonging to the citizen for him to share that data is not very convenient and if we just take the it the the framework has implications across the entire ecosystem not just financial services but for now if we just just to understand the concept if we just take the most obvious use case from which it started which was loans any citizen who wishes to take a loan needs to provide the documents such as bank accounts such as his income tax returns such as his salary slips etc to the prospective lender now today before the account aggregator system he would have to go to the various sites collect all this information uh, one by one and maybe convert it into a pdf Uh, and send it off by an email or take printouts and you know give it to the concerned lender all this process takes a lot of time i think the account aggregator framework is a very made in india made for india kind of a solution here the citizen gives consent instead of him downloading the bank account say let's say bank account details himself he gives consent to his bank to share the details share the bank account details with the uh, lender the advantage of this is that for everybody for citizen it is huge convenience uh, to do something that he anyways wanted to do 
for the prospective lender the data is now coming straight from the bank so it is authentic they don't have to watch out for uh, things like incorrect data uh, you know fraud most importantly it comes instantly it comes in a pre specified format which means at the prospective lenders end and in this particular use case you can have technology that processes this uh, data and is able to give back actionable output it could be a loan sanction it could be a, another fresh query requirement whatever it is instantly all this can happen instantly but always at the center is the consent given by the client right that is very well explained harsh i mean there is tremendous convenience attached to this development no doubt about it uh, shrikant do you want to add anything on this uh, topic of what exactly account aggregators are yeah so just to add on to what harsh mentioned and this system enables uh, sharing of financial information across multiple providers so uh, harsh mentioned that to get a loan one has to take uh, certain documents now in in a different context uh, like if if one person has let's say multiple bank accounts and wants to uh, share the account information uh, the transactional level information on all these and let's say typically let's say a merchant who has uh, say five pos machines having uh, five different bank accounts for them and, and if that merchant wants to get a loan from one entity uh, I, i think there the uh, the order of magnitude of data is is larger uh, for for doing this manually and this system kind of automates that where like that person can potentially uh, use information across various financial information providers uh, and this has to be seen in one context as right to access one's own data in, in a sense that this would be a part of a data uh, governance data rights legislation where you could access and that's the principle core principle in the open banking context where uh, a consumer has access to their own data and this is one sort of a data portability solution where once a user can with their consent share that data to others uh, and is not uh, held captive by the provider so just like how let's say google has a takeout uh, now your hdfc bank uh, essentially has a takeout with the account aggregator option where you could take out all your data and share with uh, with any other provider that you may wish to and the financial information provider does not have a say or can restrict you in doing so right so does this mean that uh, if i mean I, i mean i understand that originally the entire idea came up with the in the context of the user sort of having ready access or a birds eye view of all his uh, data in one place and and subsequently it became uh, what it is today uh, some kind of an intermediary between financial information uh, providers which is the banks where the accounts are and the financial information users which could be the banks who are from where the loan is supposedly uh, being applied for so does this mean uh, that even if there is no requirement from a financial information user the 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 customer or the citizen can just use an account aggregator just to see what all data he has put it in a place and not have to do anything by way of sharing with anyone is that also possible may i answer that yes yes sir please go ahead 
so i think you put your uh, you know finger on the nub of uh, this the, very clearly the framework puts the citizen at the center so one use case which uh, shrikant just alluded to uh, and which we hope uh, will become a big use case is discovery of accounts right discovery of uh, nominations uh, harsh can you please explain sorry can you please explain what is discovery of accounts so it's a bit of a technical term yeah uh, so let me let me give you a use case i think that uh, an example of uh, the power of when you put the citizen at the center now the citizen we have many cases we have unclaimed assets running into lakhs of crores whether those are shares whether those are uh, you know bank accounts etc you would have read about all of them uh, over time one of the things that this can do is that it allows the citizen to find out which of the bank accounts or shares or mutual fund units or insurance policies or employee provident fund accounts or nps accounts you get my drift everything that is linked to that uh, particular mobile number all those details will be given let's say to an ria today to, uh, that an ria can be a financial information user an ria is a registered investment advisor right ria is a registered investment advisor what our firm is okay we we will be able to get that we will be able to share that the consumer will be able to look at that and they take any corrective action that might be needed very soon uh, i hope very soon uh, the con- the citizen will be able to look at this information for herself rather than even depending on an intermediary like an ria uh, if the digi locker comes in as one of the users in the system then it is going into the consumer's hands uh, directly to use in the manner that uh, she would want to use so it is a very very powerful thing the other thing you mentioned that it is an intermediary it's actually not an intermediary the data is all encrypted the account aggregator itself does not see the data it is just a pipe it's a very efficient online pipe that takes data from financial information providers like banks like the mutual fund companies like the depository participants the employee provident fund organization nps etc to the person to whom the citizen has given her consent that is the role of the account aggregator it is not allowed to see the data by itself and this i think is an innovation that does not exist uh, anywhere in the world and this is something that has been pioneered in india right uh, yeah i think uh, we have established that it is basically a consent based sharing of data a framework for that uh, which sort of uh, is starts from the users end but uh, having established this uh, let's move on to the next uh, part of this process which is that how does this account aggregator obtain a user's consent is it is it an app that you log into and then you individually give consent for different data sets different accounts to different providers or is it like a one time consent for uh, for this app to pull in all your data your bank statements 
and so on like how does this actually work if i am the user and i have this aggregator app i'm assuming it's an app how does it work so uh, sampath just to give an example and a parallel also a parallel uh, which uh, account aggregators are closely referenced to which is the upi in the, the payment space uh, which many of us are aware uh, so uh, the first step in the process is essentially the user downloads the app uh, and what the next step is create something called as an account aggregator id uh, let's simply put it that way uh, it, it's so the account aggregator is your consent manager and you you are now first registering an id with your consent manager and the next step would be to uh, link uh, all your accounts as uh, harsh mentioned uh, you could discover uh, all your accounts and link all those accounts to your account aggregator id uh, at which point this is similar to like how uh, in a upi app we would have added all our bank accounts we've still not had made any payment but we've we have just established that this particular account in this particular bank or this particular mutual fund belongs to me and i am linking that with this particular account aggregator id so that in future if i want to share data to anybody uh, who i want to consent uh, i would be requesting data from this account uh, and uh, the financial information provider is supposed to uh, send that data just like how when you authenticate a payment transaction today uh, via let's say a third party app let's say google pay or a phone pay uh, it is an instruction to your bank uh, to debit your account so likewise when you give a consent it is an instruction to your financial information providers that you have you are consenting to sharing information from those linked accounts to uh, another person and, and i would slightly differ with harsh on the uh, account aggregators being intermediary they are actually being an intermediary because one of the functional requirements is that now the provider does not know to whom the data is shared so the provider knows that uh, you are consenting to share your bank account statement but the provider does not know to whom are you consenting to and, and uh, that piece of information is available only with the account aggregator and obviously the uh, user who is requesting the consent right the, the financial information user who is requesting the consent so yes to answer your question it's broadly one downloads an app uh, links all the uh, all his or her registered accounts so that uh, those providers know that this particular uh, account aggregator uh, id uh, is is the same person as uh, the person holding these accounts and in future if any consent request comes from this app they are supposed to share that piece of information uh, as per uh, the details specified in the consent request now what is a consent request it is similar to let's say again uh, taking the example of payments it's similar to a payment request where you say you authorize a payment right uh, and uh, while a payment request will only have let's say the amount uh, and and the pay a consent request would kind of have a different set of details which is like what sort of data is being requested for like if it's a, if it's a bank account is it like your bank statement or like just your bank balance or let's say just your nominee details or, or, or things like that so what kind of data is being requested and what frequency is that consent valid so is this like a one time consent to know what your current balance is or is this like a, a recurring consent so that the whoever is requesting the consent can basically 
periodically uh, monitor your account and so on and at what granularity the data should be right so which is like a bank statement or a mini statement or things like that and lastly like whether it is for for what purpose right so uh, and that specifies that the consent requester is going to use that piece of information for that specified purpose so in case of a lender it could be like for an account monitoring for a loan or in case of a let's say a registered investment advisor it could be uh, to provide investment advisory services or things like that so uh, a consent request is something that will have uh, what is the uh, level of data that is being requested to at what frequency uh, and then for what purpose so if you are seeing a con- consent request is being uh, done through an app how is it validated do i have to sort of type in a series of otps for each of these questions is it an otp driven thing so uh, like i mentioned before uh, you would first create an account aggregator id uh, and then link all your accounts and during the phase of linking all your accounts uh, the providers would let's say enforce Uh, validation including uh, but not limited to say otps or let's say your debit card numbers uh, or your in say in, in case of say insurance policies and stuff like that could be your policy numbers and things like that which are supposedly to be known to be only to you uh, and and by that way the provider kind of uh, ensures that this particular account belongs to this person right and once this process of linking the account system when you want to share this particular data to uh, let's say another entity uh, what you need to do is to give your account aggregator id which will be something like your upi id uh, to that uh, particular entity which let's say wants to have access to all this data and wants to seek your consent so the moment that you give your id that particular entity would send in a notification to your app saying that uh, i need consent to access these uh, and uh, it will have the details of the consent and and once you request uh, uh, once you approve the requ- consent request uh, data then flows from uh, various providers because the consent could be let's say access four of my bank accounts and and provide the bank statements of all these four bank accounts now what the account aggregator does is once this consent is approved it then goes and uh, requests all these four different banks saying that uh, this user approved this consent so i need this piece of information and uh, then collates all these and then sends to the requesting entity which obtained the consent right harsh do you want to add uh, anything to this uh, on this aspect about uh, consent uh, validity and also purpose limitation and so on so uh, of course first i just wanted to clarify this uh, my own uh, remark about being an intermediary Uh, of course it's an intermediary as defined uh, under the rbi guidelines itself what i meant was that its primary role is that of a consent manager and a recorder of consents it has no access to the data that flows through it what it really keeps is a record of all the consents so that tomorrow a citizen cannot turn around and say that my consent was never obtained uh, first please remember as uh, you know uh, shrikant has so uh, eloquently outlined this is a long process and the people who are providing the data the financial information provider 
let us say the bank okay now bank is providing the statement it has no idea to whom it is going and it is dependent on the account aggregator to have obtained that consent and obtained it validly that is what the account aggregator is certifying it is certifying to the bank to the uh, mutual fund company to the insurance that what data that i have sought has been that i am now seeking this specific pieces of data that we are now seeking has been approved by the client okay so i think that is the major role uh, that the account aggregator uh, plays uh, it is basically a consent manager uh, it is not really an information manager so in that sense its role it is an intermediary but its in role as an intermediary is not intermediating information it is intermediating consent i think that really was the differentiation that i wanted to bring out i was just wondering if you wanted to uh, explain how this framework is going to be of uh, use to uh, different uh, financial uh, service providers like you already spoken about banks which are lending money uh, about insurance companies uh, especially financial advisory services and wealth managers do you want to talk a little bit about that aspect oh 100% i mean the reason why i mean I, we run an investment advisory firm and we are very excited with the uh, thing that this can really do for uh, promoting investor interests uh, so one of the issues today when you know clients uh, sign up is collecting data from them we have many instances where clients sign up pay some fees and then abandon the whole exercise because of the difficulties in collection of data or it takes a pretty pretty long time now with the account aggregator framework after it becomes fully operational right now it is operational primarily with the banks the others are just coming on board the uh, mutual fund companies the uh, securities companies uh insurance companies etc let let's assume a scenario where everything is on board now a client signs we have tied up with a uh, technology service provider and an account aggregator and we uh, allow the uh, we sort of facilitate the uh, client to set up the account aggregator id link the various accounts that he has whether in a bank account whether fixed deposits whether mutual fund holdings whether shares securities insurances loans all this are now linked and now we say please give a consent either one time or a recurring consent to get all these data for these periods etc all that is provided now that comes in it comes in a pre designed format that is the power because it comes in a pre designed pre agreed format in the back we have developed the technology to be able to process this and to be able to give back a client an asset allocation current asset allocation we can then have technology that will also give a recommended asset allocation assuming that we have done the risk profiling the goals that he has etc what this does for the investment advisory industry is that 
the biggest pain point today of data collection and the cost involved in that has ensured, uh, unfortunately, that it has become only for the upper middle classes and the rich. What the account aggregator framework will do by bringing down the cost of data collection, making it convenient, bringing it in a specific format, what it will do is it will help us democratize the investment advisory profession. It will help the retail Indian citizen to get benefit of the, uh, the fiduciary advice that investment advisors uh, give to their clients. Right. Democratization. Yes, that's a very well-made point, Hush. Democratization of access to financial advisory services is a big deal indeed, in, especially in a country like uh, India with a lot of inequality. This concludes part one of this two-part podcast. This discussion will continue in part two, where we will discuss in detail how the account aggregator framework will deal with data privacy aspects such as purpose limitation, duration of consent validity, and of course, the potential for exclusion due to algorithmic credit allocation. Thank you so much for listening. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.